Good morning. You are tuned in to the Ladies View podcast where we discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is your girl, Celine. On the line is the lovely Heather. Happy weekend, Heather. How are you doing today? I'm exhausted. <laughs> so I take it no coffee? Just no yet? coffee. No coffee. Oh, that's I was no bueno. need to get up and go get some. <laughs> well, I am enjoying my Dunkin' Donuts. I had a taste for Dunkin' Donuts today. I know usually I do Starbucks or my Cuban coffee, but that was not the case this morning. In any event, I do like uh-huh. Dunkin' Donuts right? every now and then. Every now and then, I do yeah. get a hankering for Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, too, so I get it. Mm-hmm. And today is gorgeous outside. It's about 40 degrees. Well, at least it was this morning and sunny. And I think it may mm-hmm. reach a high of 49 or so. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited I, about mm-hmm. that. I'm excited, but this is the weather where I get nervous. <laughs> Why? I do because these parents <laughs> have their little snotty nose kids outside <laughs> in this weather in sweatshirts and shorts. We live in Chicago. Right. Okay? Right. So it's going to be, it's going to be 17 degrees tomorrow. Probably. <laughs> I'm right. sure. Exactly. You know, and then they send their kids to school and then they have the croup and then it's just like, <laughs> Then it's just hell for me and my family for like a month. So oh, no thank you. I know. I hear that. So, Seriously. So now I don't know if I should go out for my run or if I should actually hit the gym. I don't want to get sick. You won't. This is, this is good running weather. It is. So it you'll, is. You'll be fine. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm excited about what I'm going to do today, either the gym or outside. In any event, yes. Heather, let's move on. What do you have for us this morning? Well, uh, as our listeners have probably heard during past podcasts, and as we were actually just discussing a little bit, uh, health and fitness is something extremely important to the ladies' view. So we decided that for 2019, we are going to highlight men and women who have accomplished great things with regard to weight loss and working out, as well as bringing on some experts and healthcare professionals. Nice. So to kick off our first health and wellness Saturday, which, you know, I think I'm brilliant. Let me tell you why. (laughs) Because because I came up with that on my own. (laughs) You you are pretty brilliant. I got to give it to you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, we are going to chat with Dale Lynn Bradshaw Settle from Houston, Texas. Now, during this show, you'll learn a bit about... um, Dylan's journey, in addition to some of the workouts she does, some of the food she likes, and some other really cool things. Nice. Okay. So, Dale Lynn, are you on the line? I am. Good morning, ladies. Good morning, Dale. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you, ladies, for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) We are, too. Now, how's the weather down in Houston today? So, I'm listening to you guys talk, and I'm dying because I'm like, it's 69 degrees, 70 degrees, and we're everybody's got on coats and sweaters and jackets. See? Yeah. That's the Texas way. Wow. 69? It oh is. my it's goodness! Sixty-nine degrees. Yep. And I'd be out there in flip flops, <laughs> right? Exactly. In sixty-nine, I'd be out. I'd, yep. I would literally be out in flip flops. Wow. You, you know, wow. I, it the though the weather is really gorgeous to me. It's just so funny from being from the south and having such a southern mother. Like, if we even had on flip flops in the weather, you are gonna catch a death of pneumonia. So, it's, <laughs> 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 so, so we have to stay funny. bundled up. Yeah, I have four babies, and I gotta keep them bundled up. 
up. So, oh, yes, yeah. and we, we're gonna we're gonna get to your four babies, right, Dale? Because I got some questions for you. Yes. But um, <laughs> so you know, Celine and I are always talking, which. Okay, majority of women out here are always talking about that pesky five to 10 pounds mm-hmm. that we're always, you know, like fluctuating, mm-hmm. right? Our weight is constantly fluctuating. Mm-hmm. We're up 10 pounds, we're down seven pounds, we're up 15 pounds, we're down five pounds. You lost 145 plus pounds. Yes, ma'am. Wow. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> And, and, and we're floored. Okay. So we, Celine, you and I have no excuse right. to lose 10 pounds because <laughs> Dale, and, and oh, can we call you Dale? Yes. I'm acting like I, I, I know you. Absolutely. Okay. So, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Everybody. Yeah. That's just, we shorten it up around here. Yeah, I'm Dale. <laughs> okay, good. So in losing the 145 pounds, how long did that take you? Um, that's a question that I get really often. And a lot of people, um, they think that it's just really all the way up, just straight shot. So I'm like, no, it was, this has been uh, March of this year will make five years since the, the journey, but I've kept it off for an entire year. So I'd say it's been about a four year journey uh, to get to uh, the 145 to 150. Uh, so I always tell people it's between 145 to 150, just depending on what I ate. <laughs> so if I had a okay, real good okay. weekend, <laughs> it's more on the 145. But our bodies do that. The weight just kind of fluctuates a little bit. So um, I'm, I've learned not to be so fixated on the number on the scale, but most more so how I feel. Wow. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I think that that's something that a lot of us, we make the mistake of just constantly being fixated on that number. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's kind of where we make some of our mistakes maybe. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, When my trainer and I started working together, I would tell him all the time, I I don't see the the scale moving. And he would be like, Dale, stop focusing on the scale. And I would tell him, what else am I supposed to focus on? I've got so much weight to lose. Like, it's really hard to tell someone when they're 300 pounds not to look at the scale. Hmm. But Hmm. changing my mindset and realizing that the scale is not an indicator of my value. It does not uh, indicate who I am as a woman, as a mom, as a wife, none of that. And so it doesn't, my value doesn't come from, so I had to, I had to actually have my husband hide it or take the batteries out or whatever the case may be a couple of times on the journey, just so that I could stay the course and remind myself that I am not a number on the scale. Mm -hmm. Now, Dale, if we may ask how much exactly were you weighing and what was the turning point for you when you knew you had to lose weight so my uh my highest weight was 302 pounds and I was 27 years old when Mm -hmm. I saw that number on the scale um I clearly remember the day because it was two days after the death of my 34 year old sister Nikki Mm-hmm. Um, she died from something called an aortic dissection, and that was the turning point. Her death literally saved my life. Wow. Um, I had no idea mm-hmm. I was that heavy. No clue. I I stopped looking at the scale around 275, 280, I think, was the last time I had seen the scale. So to get up to 300, I had no idea I was there. Wow. Um, when, when Nikki died, I had a panic attack, and my dad took me to the uh, hospital, to the uh, doctor's office. And when I got on the scale, that's when the scale said 302. Uh, two days after her death she died January 2nd 2014 oh wow so yes so um again she was 34 years old mother of three children and um what what happened was the day that I got that phone call they told me that Nikki had um they told us to get to the hospital they said the the hospital called my mom and said there was an emergency just come to the hospital but don't rush that doesn't make any sense 
how is there an wow. emergency but not to rush? It just didn't make any sense to me now that I replay the story in my head. And I recall um, getting to the hospital, telling them her name, and they're telling me at the front desk that there's no patient by that name and instantly knowing something's wrong because they didn't check her in. So I get I walk wow. around the corner. Um, they escort me with some security guards with my sister, my older sister, and we walk around the corner and I look in the conference room and my mom is on the ground. Oh. So I instantly see her collapse and I know something's wrong and she's screaming and my daddy is consoling her and they get in and they go, Nikki's gone. And I'm like, Nikki's what? Nikki's what? Like Nikki's gone, like gone where just did not make any sense to me. And my older sister just kind of took off running through the halls and she's screaming. And my parents, um, they had seven children, but uh, six of us at the time were still living. And, um, my baby sister was six months pregnant and she comes down the hallway and she hears and she loses it. My baby brother comes and we're all, and mm. my father's a pastor here in Houston. So he's, you know, he's pretty well known. And before you know it, there's 200 people at the hospital all gathered around, just trying to figure out what's going on. And um, a couple of hours after Nikki's, they told us about her death. They, uh, they, they, they asked us, is it okay if we bring her in? Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, you know, we brace ourselves. They bring her in the room. And when I say my baby sister, my baby was just, I call her my baby. She's my older sister, but she act like a baby. Mm-hmm. But she, she looked like she was asleep. Mm-hmm. And she's one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen. And she just looked like she, she just looked so peaceful. And the nurse was so comforting and said that she, that's how she came in when they brought her in. And uh, long story short, a mechanic was working on her car and they said that Nikki had collapsed outside of her house. He asked her to go in the house to go get a part. And when she, when he looked on the ground, she was shaking. And between eight and 20 seconds after that, that was it. Wow. And um, mm. so if you can imagine that day, we have no cause of death. We have no idea. No autopsies done, obviously, instantly. We don't know what's going on. We're trying to put pieces together. We're asking the people who've last seen her, her friends that she celebrated the New Year's with. We're like, have you guys seen, you know, anything different? Was she acting different? Nobody could answer. No, everyone was like, no, she seemed like Nikki. Um, that morning, Maybe an hour before her death, she had called my mom. She was on. She was going to go over there. We're very close to my mother. She was going to go over there and take the kids to go hang out with my mom. And um, so it took eight weeks to get the autopsy. And that's my mom called me with the medical examiner call. And I want to say my mother calls the medical um, office here, the coroner's office here in Houston every day for eight weeks to find out had they had a report for her baby. Mm, right. Because she was just in total disbelief. So she finally got the phone call. And um, she called me on three-way and said, you know, explain to my daughter as well. She kind of knows these terms a little bit more. And that's when he explained to us that it was an aortic dissection. And it's not very common in um, young people nor women of color. It's typically older white males that suffer from this. Wow. But um, our family is predisposed to high blood pressure. And Nikki's blood pressure skyrocketed so high to where that, that vessel, the aorta, it burst instantly. And wow. she had a doctor's appointment the day after her death. They mm-hmm. called and was checking to see if she was coming to the appointment. And we just had to tell them that she had passed. So it's possible that they probably would have caught it at the doctor's appointment. But, yes. you know, who's to say that that would have happened? But, um, yeah, that was the breaking point for me. That was when the, mm-hmm. the aha moment or the light bulb went off for me. Wow. Okay. So, and, and I'm, we're, we're so sorry for your mm-hmm. loss, your family's loss, um, you know, it's really hard losing a loved one, yeah. especially when it's unexpected. Yeah. Right. It's never easy, but something unexpected like that. Now, when you say that that was your motivation, at what point did you did you say, you know what, I'm going to get in the gym 
I'm going to do this. I'm going to change my eating habits. Was it shortly after her funeral? Was it, you know, did it take you some months to kind of get in gear? What what was that? Not at all. Not, not, it it took me no time. Literally, um, it, it was, it was way after her funeral because, you know, after the eight weeks of the report, it literally Mm -hmm. was the next day after I got the, the uh, doctor's report, the medical examiner's report. I did not know where to start. I instantly went to the doctor to look into a lap band. Um, and that okay. was a whole nother journey in itself. I had that since removed, but um, that was the first course of action. I just wanted to do something. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know um, how to get the weight off. I had tried so many times on my own, you know, and this is for any lady that has ever tried. I, I, I say, don't ever let anyone make you feel bad for the effort that you put in because we do try. And sometimes when you don't see the results or sometimes you're not doing the right thing, but you're trying and you're, you're getting, you know, desperate. So we try it all. I've tried quick weight loss. I've tried the Atkins and this and that. And what I've since find out, found out since then is that all of these programs work. I just wasn't working them accurately. Mm-hmm. I wasn't mm-hmm. doing the necessary things and I wasn't committed. But for some reason... This time I was committed to doing whatever it is that I needed to do. And so I did start with the lab band. But before the lab band, my younger sister is a trainer. I just remember, you know, getting with her and telling her, okay, train me. What what do we have to do? Walk me through this. And I started at the gym five days a week, um, 20 to 30 minutes on the elliptical. You know, just, just on the elliptical and not knowing exactly what to do, but just doing something. Because I felt like. I owed it to myself and to my children and to my family. Just the pain that Nikki's death had caused my family in that short amount of time in those eight weeks was so excruciating. I, I'm the type of person, I, I've always been driven, I've always been focused, but the years, uh, eight years prior to losing the weight, I went through a really bad battle of depression, so I lost myself. Mm-hmm. I lost mm-hmm. that drive and that motivation, but something about losing her losing a best friend like that just was like I don't ever want anybody to feel this away again so I instantly did something and I, that's what I would like to encourage anyone that's listening to the podcast you may not know what to do just start right. until you to, until you get the right answers just start start with water start with just a walk around the park with your kids just get started because you don't want to lose that motivation and that drive that you have in the beginning so that's what I did I I just got started I started walking I was like okay hon telling my husband let's just cut out all the sodas I kind of went overboard I started throwing away the kids like snacks and applesauce (laughs) and juice boxes I was like this is oh my goodness they like fruit snacks yeah, okay no, uh, no. Not, 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 like as for me in my house we will have no fruit snacks like <laughs> I can that is see so that funny. happening that's yeah. hilarious and Dale I have to ask you went from weighing how much as a teenager to weighing 302 pounds at 27 years old what do you attribute that gain weight to was it just bad eating habits or was there something deeper um, it was a mixture of, of things. Um, as in in high school, I was probably one seventy, one eighty, mm. and um, in college, you know, you you gain that freshman fifteen. They talk about well, mine was more like the freshman mm-hmm. fifty. Wow, it was just yeah, it was a lot of stress um, going to school and trying to manage it all. But um, I met my husband when I was nineteen, and when I met him, I was not overweight. I was you know a, a, mm-hmm. a little thickums, but I was nowhere near overweight and. By the time we got married on our wedding day, I was 265. Wow. And we got oh, married. Okay. Yeah, we got married at, uh, I was 20 and he was 21. Hmm. And I um, I attributed that, being a new wife, 
it's very hard for anyone, but being a new young wife that young yes. was probably one of the hardest things I've ever experienced in my life. Three days after my wedding, I looked at him and he looked at me and I was like, what did we just do? Mm-hmm. Like, this is going to be hard. This is going to be really hard trying to put two different personalities together in the same house and these two people trying to become one. And then a year after uh, the actually the year to the day of my wedding anniversary, my daughter was due. My first child was due. Mm-hmm. So I was pregnant. Within three months of being a new wife, um, I stopped going to college. I stopped going to school. I was working full time. We were living in an efficiency apartment, a one room apartment. The pantry was his closet. Hmm. So it was just and I wasn't used to struggle at all. I came from a very stable home. You know, my father worked and my mother stayed home with all the children. And it was just a very stable environment. So I went from just stable, not much change to just total change in my life, just flipping upside down within a matter of months. Wow. So um, that definitely, I was, I've always been very driven, a happy child. I didn't struggle with my weight growing up. And I think because I live in the South and we, and I think this is for a lot of families, we celebrate with food, we grieve with food. Mm -hmm. Someone gets a promotion, let's go out to eat, somebody dies, let's bring them over food. So food has always been a part of my my life, but it just never was a healthy relationship. So becoming a stay-at-home mom at 21 with just this newborn baby in me, She's staring at me. I'm staring at her. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with you? She's looking at me like, what am I supposed to do with you? I just, <laughs> I lost it. I lost my drive for everything. And then shortly after she was born, three years later, I, I had my second son, um, Dylan. And my baby boy was diagnosed with autism at like 17 months old. Mm. So here I am, 24, two kids, um, still a stay-at-home mom. And the, my husband and I, we kind of talk about it to this day. The decision to stay at home was never a choice that I made. It was just kind of like it fell into my lap. Okay. Well, someone has to take care of the babies, of course, you know, so mm-hmm. husband works. I guess it's just going to be you. Right. Right. So that's, that's, that's pretty much kind of how that weight gained. Um, and it, it was just really subtle. 20 mm-hmm. year, 15 there, you know. Right. Wow. And, and then you have, so you have four children. Yeah. Okay, so you have twins. I also. do. I have Kendall is my oldest. She's ten. Then Dylan is seven, and then the twins, Kyron and Devin, are two. Oh wow, two. Yes, they are two. You started over. I did. I did. We we thought about one more, and then I got two. Yeah. So wow. Okay, so you were going through your weight loss journey, mm-hmm. and then hey, here's twins. How did that affect? your journey at that point you know everybody was joking with me they were like girl you getting fine you gonna get pregnant I'm like be quiet no I'm not not, girl you getting fine you know they were gassing me up girl you getting fine so I was like okay and so I got there I lost 90 pounds um and I was doing really well my husband and I were like hey you want another kid hey okay yeah that's kind of hot the conversations we have we're real just like straightforward one other baby yep let's do it so like literally literally so, so we we decided to have one baby and then we ended up with the twins and the first thought in my mind was besides thinking oh my gosh my sister would love to have been here for this the next thought that I had was I'm about to blow up mm-hmm. like I'm about to gain all this weight I can imagine so I was right. really really stressed and worried for the most part at the beginning of the pregnancy I didn't do too bad I only gained 35 pounds um, uh-huh. during the pregnancy with the boys um it wasn't That's good the, but yeah, it, that was the, uh, the blessing because they both were born full term. I had them at 38 weeks. I had a natural labor with both of them. Oh. And um, they were both um, almost six pounds. Wow. Oh, so very nice. To, wow. Yeah. Okay. To gain only 35 pounds, that was that was a blessing. But it it 
my struggle came and it was like this with all three three of my pregnancies the weight gain always happens for me after the babies are born Mm. because of the stress of being a new mom and I don't handle stress well I didn't at the time handle stress very well and having these two new babies on top of the other two kids my eating habits were poor I just would eat whenever I could so it didn't matter what time of day if it could be the middle of the night I'd realize oh my goodness I hadn't eaten in 12 hours let me get a bite you know, so that was where the weight gain really came from after having uh, Kyron and Devin. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you also mentioned um, earlier in the podcast that you uh, initially got a lap band, mm-hmm. but it's since been removed. Mm-hmm. In 2017, I had the lap band removed. Wow. Yes. Why'd you do that? Because um, that was probably one of the most difficult prop- parts of the process because I I was so grateful to have the band in the beginning because I was like this restriction. So most people don't know about the lab band. The lab band is probably one of the most non-evasive of the uh, bariatric surgeries because they don't take out a portion of your stomach. They just put this band around your stomach and you can get it take like some of the fluid taken out or put back in over time and it can tighten this band, kind of making your body believe that your stomach is smaller. Uh-huh. So what happens is, is you go to the doctor, you get, they put a needle in your stomach. It's, it's very, it's not painful at all. After you get the band put in, this needle um, is f- full of saline. They, they put a little bit of saline in the band. The band tightens up and it restricts your stomach. So it makes your stomach feel like there's, you know, less capacity to fill it up. But the problem with that is, is that there are certain foods that don't go down very well with the lap band. And then mm-hmm. certain situations or certain instances are, um, just everyday life occurrences will make the band tighten up on its own. One of those being the weather. So Mm. if it's really cold outside, my band would tighten up so much to where I couldn't even get liquids or fluids down. Oh, wow. Or if I would take a flight and get on a plane and get off the plane, I guess because of the air pressure or something, that would tighten up my band. So the first day of my trip, wherever I would go, or the second day, I couldn't get anything down. Mm-hmm. But warm oh my liquid gosh. sometimes, yeah. Um, eggs did not go down very well with my band. It would get stuck in the band. Um, wow. French fries, obviously you're not supposed to eat French fries, but bread <laughs> completely, mm. I could not get bread down. So it wasn't helping me because it was really just stopping me from eating some of the things I know I shouldn't have eaten, but I would still try. Mm. And then the band would get stuck, and the doctor's office wasn't open on the weekends. So I'd have to go to, and not all uh, ERs don't all know how to take out some of the fluid out of the band. So, because you have to literally touch the patient's stomach to find the little port where that band is around their stomach and then put the needle in their exact spots. I would get poked and prodded while they tried to find the exact spot. Sometimes they would get the x-ray machine. Hmm. And at that time, I didn't have um, bariatric insurance coverage. I had insurance, but it didn't cover bariatric. So... I would have to pay $250 on the weekends to get them to take some of the fluid out of the van. Uh-huh. Because if they did not spend the whole weekend throwing up because I would keep trying to eat something. Oh my gosh. And that is no way to no, live not at, at, all. All. at all. Now, Adele, tell us about how you have now changed your eating habits. Well, I realized that I try to do something that a lot of us do and that is outwork a bad diet. You cannot outwork a bad, I'm going to say that one more time for somebody else that's listening. You cannot outwork a bad diet. No matter how hard you try, you can go to the gym five days a week and, you know, stay there all day, but you will not see results if your diet does not change. Mm, That's powerful. Mm -hmm. It's it's very important because, and I had to wrap my mind around that. And the moment that I did, I said, okay, I need to come up with a plan because I'm a planner. 
And for if you you already know that if you don't plan, you will fail. Yeah. So I had to put a plan in motion. And that plan for me was meal prepping. Mm-hmm. So I realized as a busy mom of four, I have to have stuff that's already ready because if not, I'm going to go to the nearest, you know, crap or junk that I find. And I had to make sure that I set myself up for success. We don't think of it that way, but what we do is we're already setting ourselves up for failure by not preparing. So what I decided was I need to set myself up for success. I need to meal prep. Um, So my trainer Shout out to my homeboy, Leron. He would, he gave me a list when I started, when I signed up with him, July of 2017, he gave me a list of things to steer clear of. I took that list of things and I said, okay, well, let me find things that are not on this list that I know are good. So I um, prep my meals on Sunday. I still do this. Matter of fact, today, Saturday, I'm probably going to go to, no, I've already, um, you know what? I just realized I already went to the grocery store this week. Look at me. I already prepped. <laughs> So I'm already ready. I already know I'm going to make um like ground uh, ground turkey chili, and I also have spaghetti with zucchini noodles nice. and um, ground turkey and a little bit of marinara sauce. So I already have my mind set up what I'm going to have for the week. All I have to do on Sundays is Sunday night I cook for at least four to five days, and I have these miniature containers that I got from Amazon, and I already have all of my meals set. So all I have to do if I'm at work or if I'm at home, just pop them in the uh, refrigerator. I mean, I'm sorry, in the microwave and I, and I eat what I already have prepped. Nice. I have snacks already lined up. I already know that I have my granola bar, my premier protein shakes this week and my grapes. Wow. I love it. Dale, you think like I got to do that. Yeah, it, I've been doing that. And she said something very, she made such a valid point. You have to set yourself up for success. And mm-hmm. I've noticed that when right. I do meal plan and meal prep, I seem to be feeling great. I'm losing weight. I'm staying mm-hmm. active. Mm-hmm. I, I notice the difference. And it's that moment when I stop doing it that I'm back to my old ways. And it's not right. working for me. And wow. here's the thing. You save so much money, too. You do. Yeah. Because when you don't meal right. prep, you stop at the store or you yes. stop at, uh, you know, the, the fast food spots. And you're just you. And if you have kids, you're getting stuff for them because you didn't prep anything. And here's the thing. Even though my babies are really small, I don't make anything different for them that I, for me to eat. I'm kind of a picky eater. So I know what they do and don't like. But because I have so much going on in my life, I don't have time to make separate meals for everybody. Right. We're all going to eat the same thing. Absolutely. So we're starting better habits for the babies yep. as well. Yep. Very mm-hmm. important. Which is so important. Right. And yes. to let them know that you're not a short <laughs> yes. order cook because these kids will take advantage of you. They will. <laughs> they, right. They will. Dale, the they will take advantage of your love. You so look I great. <laughs> you look amazing. Tell Thank us. You. You're welcome. Tell us how you feel. Wow. I feel incredible. Even on my, my worst days today are nothing compared to, they are better than my better days. Then my worst days today are nothing like what they used to be. Just the mentality, the mental part mm-hmm. for me, I, I could speak on that for days because that has transformed my life. Just mentally being in a happier, healthier place. Um, I, I said this on Instagram the other day that resolutions are meant to be broken. It's just, you know, let's just be real. We all break our new year's resolutions, but goals, goals are meant to be smashed. Mm-hmm. And when you smash your goals, there's such a sense of accomplishment. Right. I never felt in my life that I could complete anything. I always felt like I started stuff as an adult and I never finished it. Mm-hmm. So to start this journey and not necessarily finish it because it's a lifelong journey, right. but to get to the goal and to reach this goal. Oh, now I feel like I can pretty much do anything. Mm-hmm. My husband and I, for our wedding anniversary, 
he called me up and he was I think he was kind of joking he's like hey babe you want to go um skydive and I was like hey oh, okay sure he was not expecting me to say yes that quick but just this past August we went and skydived like wow that I would never do yeah I would have never done that wow. you know we went to Costa Rica for our 10th year anniversary hey you want to go zipline uh, okay ah! like you know in the mountains let's just go zip you you love you it. feel like you can do anything wow you know so that. now I'm, I'm signing up for stuff I would never sign up for I'm doing things I'm making and they're not always positive there are things in my life that I said yes to that I should have said no to mm-hmm. but because I feel like I can do anything I'm breaking up with things and people that I should have broke up with a long time ago wow 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 because now I feel empowered to do whatever it is mm-hmm. that I know you want to you you know you want to go change your life Dale okay go ahead I didn't work I stayed at home and my husband and I own our own company and Mm -hmm. I stayed at home for years running the company from from home but I realized I don't want to do that I don't want to be at at home mom if you want to do it that's totally fine but I realized I didn't want to do that Mm -hmm. okay you want to go back to work August I started a new job it was my first time working outside of the home in almost 10 years wow yeah, so you feel empowered. I, that's yes. probably the best word. I feel empowered to do pretty much anything. And now, I, because I have one daughter and three sons, I always would cry to my husband. And I would say, the boys have someone to look up to. The boys have a father that works full time. The boys have a mentor. My baby needs that. Yes. And I don't want her searching for that from anyone else but me. Hmm. So if I do all of these things, going back to college, doing all of these things, it's for her. Yes. So that I can show her she can do anything. Yeah. And that's so important that especially with social media, right? With social media nowadays, with our little girls, we Mm -hmm. more so than boys, we have to be so careful at what they're looking at, who their influences are, who they're looking at as role models. Um, So I'm, I'm really, really glad that you, you know, um, it was almost kind of like a light bulb went off for you and you're like, no, I have to do this, not just for me, but for her. Now, now Dale, when we first reached out to you (laughs) for this interview, we had no idea, (laughs) none. Okay. So listeners, we did not know this. We had no idea yeah, that my... you were going to be featured in <laughs> Congrats. I, oh, my goodness. Yes. Seriously, Celine and I talked about it. We were so excited for you. And, mm-hmm. in fact, I went, to the, <laughs> I went to Jewel last night. And sometimes I can just be crazy. So I went to Jewel last night, and I saw the issue. <laughs> yeah, that's, in oh, the yeah. checkout, oh, yeah. I, and I, I told the cashier I that I knew so you. So guilty of that. I walked around. I went to the car. I was like, "Hey guys, you want to see something cool? That's me. That's me." <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> right, like you see this girl. I know. That. That I know is her. Huge. <laughs> How did that happen? How did that happen? Tell us, tell us. I don't understand how good it feels to be able to finally talk about it because it was all like hush, hush for so long. And I was afraid that if I said it to the wrong person, they would take my feature away. So I was like, I can't tell anybody. Right. So for three months, I've just been sitting on this. So to be able to talk about this is pretty awesome. November or the end of October, I, you know, I, I have a, a decent following on, um, on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And so, one of the people um that's my humble way of saying I'm popping you know (laughs) but no so I get dms often um, about questions about my journey and I got a message from one of the writers Julie and she messaged me and she's um she's like I'm a writer with People Magazine and I would like to you know um interview you and feature your story for a half their size edition so mind you her page was private it was no Mm. picture it just said Julie from People and I'm like this is a scam and um, I'm not falling for this. And so 
I reached back out to her and I was like, you know, how do I know this is true? How do I know this is real? So Julie, she she apologized. She was like, oh my goodness, this is not my personal page. This is my business page and this is how I scout for clients. And wow. um, we spoke the next day on the phone. She sent me the number to the people headquarters so that I could check it all out. And that day I did. And I told one of my friends about it and they started Googling. You know, ladies, we can You're like right. be FBI investigators. <laughs> so she started Googling Julie and all of the stuff, trying to figure it out. And, you know, it, it obviously turned out to be to be real. And um, she found me on, on Instagram. This is why I always say that social media is not all bad. It just depends on how you use your platform. We all right. have a platform. It's all about how you use it. And so I guess because I... Um, just naturally over time, my, my personal page has just become my fitness journey and kind of an accountability for me. It was never really about inspiring anyone. It was just about me inspiring myself. And, um, and, and over time people have become inspired by it, but I try not to make that my, my goal. My goal is to stay as inspired by myself as I can. And in turn, if that does shed light on, on the issue of weight loss or obesity or depression, I I'm all for it. But I really want people to know that when you're inspiring other people, that should never really be your goal. I want to go change the world. No, just change yourself. And in turn, you'll change the world. Right. So, um, sorry, that was a little tangent. I had a little sermon there, but, um, (laughs) so I, yeah, so Julie reached out to me and the next thing I know, she tells me, she goes, (laughs) I'll get back with you if we're interested in featuring your story, but send me some pictures, answer this questionnaire and I'll get back with you. And I'm like, okay, so I'm out with my kids at a little indoor play place and she texts me and she calls me up and she says, um, yeah, so it's, it's a go. I, I think I must have ran around that entire play area and I was just screaming. I was so excited. Like, I can't believe this is happening. This is so crazy. And then two weeks later, they flew me out to New York and um, all expense paid trip to New York. And they had a salon experience and I did fittings with a top stylist and designer. And uh, we tried on different clothes. So I was there for four days and um, I did a video about my, my experience and about my journey and yeah, it was just a, such a whirlwind experience. And they told me, they said, you know, we have to keep it on the, on the hush because we don't want, you know, competition, to, the word to get out. We want to keep this, you know, between us for right now. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I'm just thinking this is surreal. I'm, everyone's asking me, like my husband's asking me, my mom's asking me, the people that I told about it. They're like, how do you feel? And I could never give an answer because I'm just like, I can't tell you how I feel until I see it. Right. When it's in my hand, I'll tell you. So even once I saw the videos, um, I saw the video of my interview on their website or you can go to people TV, their app, and you can see the interview and I I'm smiling and I'm watching it, but it's still not real. It did not become real until my husband came home from the grocery store with like every copy from the store. And I'm like, babe, what are you doing? But he had every copy of the magazine. And I, until I got to page 56 and opened it up and looked and saw my former self and my current self in the magazine, wow. uh, that's when I lost it. Wow. That's when I was like, I, I'm I I did it, and so I don't I don't feel like wow. uh, a celebrity or anything like that. But I, I do feel like I should put my shades on and walk incognito. Around, absolutely, you know, so. <laughs> absolutely, you should. <laughs> now, Dale, you lost 146 pounds. You found pretty much a new way of living, and mm-hmm. you're being recognized for that. But when you're back at home living your everyday life, dealing with the kids, the husband, your job, how do you stay motivated? Um, yes, I think that absolutely. Please yep. tell us. So, so we're trying thing. to find you the motivation. Do not stay motivated. Seriously. <laughs> if we're being honest, you, you lose your motivation from time to time. You lose your drive. But the key word is discipline. Mm-hmm. Discipline is doing what you have to do even when you don't want to do it. 
So even when I'm not motivated, I am disciplined. I do not wake up every morning and like, you know, the sun is shining, the birds are singing, let's go get this workout on. Like, no, I I, I get up at 4.15 to get to the gym for five to meet my trainer wow. and I work out five to six days a week and then I get off of work at four o'clock and, um, you know, my sister's three children, They, I, I, I help my mom with them. So I have seven kids a couple of days of, um, of the week. And we own a company that we've owned for 10 years, DJS Entertainment, an entertainment company. So, no, you don't always feel motivated. But mm. I'm, I learned to be disciplined. And regardless of if I feel like getting up or not, discipline kicks in before the wow. motivation does. And discipline says, get up, the alarm is going off. Mm. And so you you push yourself. You have to learn to be your own. Okay. You're, a lot of us want to be our own encourager and our best cheerleader. But are we really our, our best critic? Are we really our best teacher? I had to learn to be my best teacher, my best critic, my best everything. I was I used to look for it in my husband. I used to look for it in my family. I used to look for affirmation in everybody else but for me. So now, if you see me talking to myself, it's because I'm coaching myself. I'm chastising myself. I'm doing all of those things for myself. So no, you don't always feel motivated. You don't always feel like you have the drive. Matter of fact, just last night, I was having a real downtime and I just, I, I had a gym session with my sister and my cousin. We're, you know, we're all really good friends. And um, I text them in the group chat. I'm like, guys, I'm not coming. I'm not really feeling good, but I didn't realize I sent the message to just one of them. So the other one, my sister was at the gym waiting and she was like, um, I'm waiting on you guys. Where are you at? And my cousin and I just had this pep talk and she's like, Dylan, believe in yourself. You're awesome. Blah, blah, blah. And next thing I know, I'm jumping up and I'm telling my sister, give me 10 minutes. I'm on my way. Hmm. And we we blasted and we killed this workout. So you have to become your own inspiration. Right. And so even when you don't feel motivated, discipline should kick in and say, you know what, let me just do it. There's never been a workout that I've done that I regret it. Never. No, absolutely not. Never. And Dale, I'm going to ask you one last question before we wrap. Mm -hmm. And that's because I need to know how important is sleep and what do you recommend um, is a healthy, I guess, enough sleep, I guess, to stay, you know, feeling great throughout the day. Sleep is so important. Mm -hmm. it, let me tell you, sometimes on my lunch break, I go in my car and give me a good godly nap. Like, okay. I, I, <laughs> I sleep for my life. It's it, it's a little hood because I'll get my head scarf out of my car and I'll put it on my head and I'll like recline my seat. And I'll just, I, I will, y'all, y'all don't understand. I believe sleep is so important. It is. Because you need rest to rejuvenate yes. and to revitalize yourself. Mm -hmm. Just like you charge your phone at night and you put your phone down and you charge it, you need to recharge as well. Okay. So right. I used to try my best to do all of this in my own strength, but then would, at the end of the day, collapse because I wasn't getting enough rest. Yes. You have to get rest. Not just actual sleep at night, but letting your body, listening to your body. And when my, my body says, Dale, you're done, you're done. There's nothing yeah. else I can do about it. I have to sit down and I have to take a break. So sleep is very important. Um, it's also important because it's very good for your mental stability as well. Yeah. Mm. When I'm exhausted and when I'm tired, I'm grouchy with my babies. I'm fussy. I'm not in a clear headspace. I can't think straight. I'm not kind to my coworkers. Mm. And I'm not doing the things that I need to do. So sleep is not just good for my physical body, but it's also good for my mental stability as well. So Great. yes, you got to Thank get some you. sleep. And I can't tell you how much time, but you got to get some rest. Okay. Well, I, I think I need personally nine hours and I, sometimes I think it's a bit too much, but to be honest, I think everyone is different. Everyone's yes. body is different. If the, nine hours it is, then I guess that's what it, it'll be for me. Right. 
<laughs> yeah, right. And if I need yes, to my nap, don't, don't take my naps away from me. Like, I need my hours. Don't do that. <laughs> How do you, I, listen, you if I can't have nine, nine hours, hours sleep, I, just, I don't want anything else, okay? Because what time nothing, do you go to bed? And see, that's the thing. <laughs> Girl, five o'clock in the evening, apparently. Well, I because I don't understand, like, 10, where she 10, gets nine hours of sleep from. I, I'm noticing that I'm getting up at about 7.30 now. And if I don't get at least nine hours, I'm just not feeling my best. But when I, yeah, but yeah, we but, we gotta we gotta talk after this podcast. I, I gotta figure out what I, what I'm doing wrong. I'm doing something wrong. I literally, yeah, that was funny. Well, Dale, I wanted to oh thank you. Thank goodness. you so much for sharing your story with us today. <laughs> thank you for taking the time and. I hope that at least one person can take something away from this podcast and find it life-changing after hearing your story. Dale, where can our listeners find you on social media? So I am currently on Instagram at Queen Dales, Q-U-E-E-N-D-A-L-E-Z. I'm also, I have a, um, a website that is getting ready to launch. That's BeHerNow.com. That's B-E-E-HerNow. Um, and it's just a reminder for us to be the queens that we have been created to be. And I'm also on YouTube, and they can search me on YouTube as Queen Dells as well. Awesome. Thank you so much again, and we wish you continued success. We will continue to follow your journey. And um, I know that I'm motivated after listening to you today. Well, thank you, lovelies, for having thank me. Thank you. Really appreciate the opportunity Absolutely. to share my story. And God bless yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, and congratulations to you too. Congratulations on everything. We're gonna keep. We're gonna stay (laughs) in touch. (laughs) I'll I'll send. I'll send. Thank you so much for tuning into the (laughs) podcast today. As always, you can find us on social media. We are on Instagram at the Ladies View. We are on Twitter, the Ladies View TV. We are on. Facebook chat with the ladies is our new Facebook page and our website is www.theladiesview.com until next time have a great weekend y'all bye